Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Welcome, everybody. I'm Christopher Pollard from Milwaukee Film. I'm Dory Zori from 88.9. And this is Cinnabuds. And this week on Cinnabuds, we are talking about the film Tar. Lydia Tar is many things. Do you ever find yourself overwhelmed by emotion? Yes. You want to dance the mask? You must service the composer. If you're here, then you already know who she is. Tar is the story of a fictional orchestral conductor of the highest esteem named Lydia Tar. And just as she reaches the pinnacle of her career, her world begins to crumble. Oh boy, this, I don't know how I would classify this movie. It was kind of psychological. I wouldn't call it a thriller, but I kind of was on the edge of my seat the whole time because I didn't know where this movie was going. As the kids say, it's a low key thriller. Ooh. Did I use that right? (laughs) Yep. Okay. (laughs) Sort of a thriller. Yeah. And it stars uh, the unbelievable Kate Blanchett. I mean, you have to have a star that you love to yeah. play a role that ultimately isn't somebody you're rooting for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is so interesting. Yeah, I, I, I want to talk more about her. But generally, I want to know, what did you think of the movie? I really liked the movie. Yeah. I would recommend people go see it, although I did not know what it was about. And I was just dealing with some similar real life oh. um, situations that this is based off of um, interpersonal relationships and the imbalance of power. Oh yeah. And and so that was real raw for me for like two and a half hours, but maybe it was the best time for me to see something like this. That's fascinating. And it's sad, but also fascinating when that (laughs) happens and you see something or read something where I'm like, Oh, this is very close to home. Yeah. What about you? What were your initial? I loved it. Um, But it's also, and I'll talk about this more in the podcast, but, is one of those things where I have to just be really humble and go, this is somewhat beyond me. Yes. Like this is a smart film and I am a, um, I'm a bear as I'm like Winnie the Pooh. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bear with very small brain. Um, (laughs) and I like, you love honey. I I do love honey and I get stuck in holes a lot. (laughs) Um, but it's, I was a wonderful film. The tone was beautiful. The filmmaking was beautiful. The performance was amazing. I mean, all the aspects of it were great. And this isn't even a criticism. It's just like some of that world was a bit beyond me. But I'll, and again, I'll talk about this later, but I think even that didn't take me out of it. It actually was more like impressive. Yes. I'm being exposed to this is inside of their world. And we're talking that world is classical music, orchestras, world renowned orchestras, which I felt the same way, Christopher. I thought, oh, this is music related. And there were so many things that went over my head, but instead of, Um, getting me to tune out to the movie. It made me want to learn more about classical music and that whole world from the terms to the infrastructure. At least at the very least, I'm like, I need to listen to more of this. Yes. And we're going to talk a lot more about this uh, when we get back. Uh, Stick around. Do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love? It's all funded by the honor system. As a public radio station, we're based on a very simple model. We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Are you one of them? Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today. 
All right, we are back, and we're talking about the new movie Tar with Kate Blanchett. I don't want to give any of the plot away, which I know sometimes we do spoilers, but I have to yeah. say I did a little bit of reading after this and realized how much Kate Blanchett um, studied yeah. for this role. She learned multiple instruments. She obviously, she's a conductor in this movie, so right. she learned what that was all about. But to do something that was really kind of beautiful and authentic and kind of make it her own, like I can't even imagine how fun that was for her to yeah. absorb all of it first. You know, what's really funny is that right before I watched this, I watched the Hot Ones episode with Kate Blanchett, <laughs> <laughs> which she did right you know, in promotion of Tar. And I love it when, I, first of all, I'm fascinated that Hot Ones has now reached the pinnacle of having... Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett on there. But yeah, she even <laughs> talked about it and she held her own, by the way, with those hot wings. Spicy. Uh, and while she was talking and crying, uh, she was talking about um, the preparation and how it's such an impressive world to dig into and all the stuff that she did to kind of prepare for it. Well, there's a lot of conductors conducting music that has been around for literally centuries. And one of the neatest things from this movie is I kind of learned who the conductors, they put themselves into this role, right? And there's different ways, there's different pauses on different notes and sections that you can do as a conductor to kind of make these pieces that people have heard for ages their own. Yeah. And she talks about it in the movie a little bit, which is interesting because it starts off with this very long interview on stage where she's, and she's, her character has essentially reached like the, the top, highest, yeah, yeah, the top tier of conductors. And so she's being interviewed on stage live and she talks a lot about um, it kind of, it's almost like an intro to like, here's what conductors do and here's why some are better than others. And it seems like, and they even address this in the movie, it seems like it's very minimal. Like you're keeping time. And they're like, she's like, time is the most creative part of what you yeah. do. Which is so Mind funny. That, yeah, I know. It's so funny to think about. Like one conductor could be better at this because, like you said, pauses a little bit here. He like makes this more, you know, makes the instruments more full and more excited at some point. It's very interesting. We have a problem. I received another weird email. There's no reason to get caught up in any intrigue. Do you think the listeners need to be a fan of classical music to to get into this film? No, because I think this is where the world is set and it's, but the stuff that happens in the movie, which is, I mean, again, we won't talk too much about it, but it's just, she, she's at the pinnacle of her career and this is what you know about the movie. And then things start to go wrong, mm -hmm. obviously. And she has a lot of relationships with her assistant, with her wife, with her kid, with other conductors. It's all of that, which makes all this drama and tension. It's, <laughs> it is not, comparable to the movie Uncut Gems? I have not seen that okay. movie. Okay. In in any way other than the fact that it is and it's much slower and I, I think less blunt than Uncut Gems. It's more subtle. This buildup of tension that this character is about to deal with because they're sitting pretty. They have a beautiful house. They have a driver. You know, you have everything you need. And you see it start to crumble and well, and that's what we were talking about. The great thing about Kate Blanchett is that she made a character that is ultimately un unlikable, but you're still sort of empathetic to the th to things that are happening to her because her it's not a very simple character. Like mm -hmm. you see the sweet things that she does, 
you think you see the passion what she cares about and then you see her huge mistakes and her flaws does that do you think your huge mistakes really define who you are in life no i mean overall no Unless those flaws take up most of what you do. You keep doing them over and over. <laughs> then they're not really mistakes over over, anymore. Yeah. No, it's interesting because, I mean, it, it does talk about what everything that has been going on for the last, I don't know, 10, 5, 10 years, which is this big uh, calling out of people in celebrity roles who are using their position uh, for their own illicit gain. And uh, just, you know, rightfully so, being called out for it. But then it's interesting because they t- they touch on the nuances of it in this movie a bit, too. Yeah, I think that's what really got me, too, because it's something as a program director for a radio station, what happens when the arcade fires of the world uh, come out with some really bad accusations against the singer and they're a core artist that you have. Yeah. So I think that there's something like this that probably will touch uh, almost everyone. Yeah. That goes to see it in in your own world and these own conversations that you have. And I think as a conversation starter and a beautiful piece of art that kind of puts you in that mood, I think this is a must-see movie. Yeah, I would say so too. It's really interesting. It addresses a lot of interesting topics while also being like incredibly well-made movie. The tone, the colors, the the actual filmmaking of it, and the and it's a longer movie. And the pacing is really nice. It is nice for a two-hour movie. It yeah. ne- I never was looking at my watch yeah. or or wondering how fast or how much time do we have left. But also, there's beautiful music to there listen was, to, yeah. which I think kind of soothed my soul in between the drama that was happening. Yeah, I think so, too. And I do not know if this is the case, and I should have looked this up. But I want to believe that I am smart enough to have noticed something that may or may not have been there. <laughs> which is, I mean, I would think it's almost... It's almost like obvious if you're going to make a movie about classical music orchestras and things like that, that the pacing would be like one Yes. when they do have this opening sequence of her being interviewed, which is almost like that intro, that overture. I don't know if that's what you call it. I think. Oh that's yeah. The when the piece. orchestra starting to like tune up they their tune instruments up and then you start this mm-hmm. intro piece, which is kind of long. Then you go into the main body of the, f- the film. And I feel like at the end there were a few like boom, 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 like final, quick pieces that you see at the end, which are very important and interesting and like bring out so much to the movie that wasn't exposed before, but kind of like that kind of final ending, very dramatic at the end, but it's very quick. Yeah. And then suddenly stopped. Agreed. I think the word crescendo comes to mind. That is a word I've heard and I can almost define it, but I'm not going to (laughs) try. Don't add us classical music fans or maybe do. We're open to learning more. We know what we don't know. I want you to absorb the excitement, but not the things I'm actually saying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, it's still, uh, Tar is still out in the theater, so go check it out. And speaking of checking it out, which is not a good segment because I don't know how that relates, but what else have you been watching? You want to go first? Oh my gosh. I, over the weekend, we just burned through eight episodes of the first season of The Resort. And I know this isn't a film or a talkie. It's it's like a series uh, produced by Netflix, maybe? Yeah. Um mysterious island with maybe metaphysical time travel or just really kind of super not supernatural but just uh 
things happening. The storyline is incongruent, so it goes to flashbacks oh, okay. about people that were on the island at the resort like 15 years previous and what happened there and um, how everyone ended up being connected at the end is pretty great. Was it good? Mm-hmm. You know, I do think I've, I know I've seen the title and I've seen like a trailer for it, but I've been absorbing so many like, thriller mystery horror movies in the past month that they're all blurring together. Ooh. I would not even be surprised if I've even watched it, but I'm still not <laughs> recognizing it. I did watch R100 though. <gasps> I brought it. I brought it. It was my turn for my crummy mu- music night or movie night for those of oh. you who listen to this podcast all the way to the end. And the result was um, people saying this movie might be too good for our crappy movie night. <gasps> Oh, but it was weird. You're right. Weird movies don't have to be bad. I am overwhelmed with emotion right now. Uh, if I could have been the gobbler for Halloween, <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> BT dubs. Oh <laughs> First of all, I was so excited that you, we just talked about a movie and you watched it. I am also, so I just, let me just take you on the roller coaster I just had while you were talking. Then when you say it's your crummy movie night and I was about to, I was about to interrupt uh, because I'm like, this movie is not crummy, but it's very weird. And then you said those exact words. I listened to you, buddy. Oh my gosh. That's delightful. Yeah. yeah it is. It's in my top 10 of weirdest movies I've seen, seen that are good. And I know a lot of people listening right now didn't even know R100 existed. So go check yes, it out and then you can ch- let us know what you think. And I will say this. I'll even add this. Don't go check it out unless you are certain you can handle something a bit like not only bizarre, but it's a little bit, it's a little bit adult. It's yeah. It's definitely not something you watch with your children. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I could have used more, um, more kicking and punching. <laughs> yeah. What I, have you been watching? <laughs> Let's move on. Sometimes when I say a little test is I say, I don't think you should see it. And then if you still see it, then that, and then you were meant to see it. Um, <laughs> what else have I been watching? Well, like I said, we've been doing a lot of horror movies in our house, which is not abnormal because Are there are classics around this time Nicole of the year that you stop. put in there. We tried to watch, I was excited because I think the criterion collection uh, had a bunch of like, the Mummy, it had um, Dracula, Frankenstein, all From those old ones. From the 40s, 50s, yeah, th- 30s? 30s even, I think, maybe. Oh. Um, and we tried to watch Dracula last night, and it's real slow and real boring. I mean, Bela Lugosi is fun to watch, but I was like, I don't think I have the patience for this particular one right now. I mean, what if you put on Dracula, and then you put on Dark Side of the Moon, yeah. And listen to it at the same time. That would work. That would work for any movie. <laughs> or maybe like a Radiohead album, I think, would go along yeah, really well. Yeah, let's update it. Yeah, let's update it. I did watch, uh, this was a classic from the 60s, Village of the Damned, which has all the blonde children that are born after some weird event. And they control, they can control people's minds. Ooh. Creepy children. One of the original creepy children horror movies. But that was great because it sent me down a rabbit hole because that, I kept thinking this movie seems like it was based on a book. And so I found out it was, and it was a very uh, popular book called The Cuckoos of Midwich. Ooh. I believe I'm saying that right. And it was a sci-fi novel that was huge in the 60s. And then that author has done like Day of the Triffids, which is another classic um, sci-fi. So now I'm obsessed with getting a hold of these books and reading them because I have a feeling you know, in the 60s, they're not going to give you the whole book. They're going to give you just like the broad strokes. So I feel like it could be a very interesting read. Did you hear that podcast listeners watching movies could actually lead you to reading more books? You yeah. heard it here. Yeah. No one would have thought it. 
But yeah, I'd say that's that was uh, that's what I've been watching. All right, final one. We watched Nope finally, and oh, now I can go back. Yeah, I tried not to listen or read or any learn anything yeah, about right. the movie, so now I can finally go back and listen to your Cinnabuds oh, with yeah, Nicole. Yeah. Oh, that's good. You'll she calls me out a lot in it. You'll enjoy it. Did you like the movie? Loved yeah, it. Yeah, it's really good. It was so good. Oh, it's going to be on my top 10 list. I want to know what our listeners' favorite spooky movies are for this time of the year. Yeah. Post them. We had a little bit of one a few a couple weeks ago. We posted on Instagram, and a lot of people gave us some great uh, great feedback, and we posted all the posters of the of your favorites. But please go on Instagram, follow us, and let us know what, your, what Halloween classics you were, or not so classics, that you were watching this season. Love it. Oh, and shout out to Lost Boys and Milwaukee Record. I got to see it on the big screen for the first time since the 80s, and it still holds up. It's one of those 80s movies that um, doesn't seem out of place with how forward thinking we are now in 2022. (laughs) There really wasn't any big moment, whereas like, yikes. Oh, man, I I'm just going to make this podcast just a touch longer because uh one of my favorite memories of my childhood is when I was in eighth grade, I wanted to dress like a lost boy. Now I couldn't afford a long duster or leather boots, but I did manage to get a hold of a thick metal bracelet, (laughs) (laughs) which was completely (laughs) anomalous with the rest of my clothes. But I wore it because I'm like, this is my lost boys bracelet. And your mom's like, don't go hanging from the bridge again. (laughs) Yeah. That's going to be, that's going to come off and you're going to get stuck to a car and you're going to get run over. But you did see a lot of half naked saxophone players. Oh man. With long, beautiful hair. Man, that is one of the best images of film history. We'll leave you on that image. (laughs) Insert uh, music here. Thank you guys for listening to Cinebuds. Cinebuds is produced by Nate Imig. Our theme song is done by Brett Newski. And we couldn't do this without the support of our members at 88.9 and Milwaukee Film. Truly thanks for your support, members. And until next time. We'll see you soon. 